Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And today we're continuing our Enneagram and Relationship series. And we have special guests with us, Joe and Suji Alvarez. I'm going to introduce you real quickly with your more official bio, and then we'll let you jump in to tell us a little bit more about you. So Joe is Mexican-American and Suji is Korean-Canadian, and they have been happily married for 17 years. Um, I don't know if they were all happy, but they are still, they are currently happy. They're blessed to have two Bexerian kids. Uh, they have a 15-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter. They first met while on staff at Trinity Life Center, an urban multi-ethnic church in South Seattle, and they're married and transitioned to Rainier Avenue Free Methodist Church. It's one of the most diverse churches in the Pacific Northwest Conference. Um, I'm going to let them fill in the rest of their bio, but Megan and I met you guys. Um, actually, Suji, I think I've met you at a few different events, but specifically the two of you together this last summer while we were at a youth conference working that, and you all had your uh, church kids there. So uh, we had so much fun with you and started talking Enneagram, and we're like, we need to have you on as a couple in this relationship series to talk about how your types work uh, in your relationship. So why don't you guys just take off and introduce yourselves a little bit more to our listeners? Definitely. So we currently um, pastor a church called The Avenue. It's in Southern California, and we've been there for six years now. It's a free Methodist church, a very multi-ethnic. Um, yeah, we love, we love the free Methodist church. We love um, the Enneagram. We actually got introduced to the Enneagram during our time in Washington. And it's been one of the most helpful um, tools for us. And we've done all the other ones. We've done Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders. And um, I can't think of all the other ones, but the Enneagram is definitely one that has really helped us understand the healthy side and the unhealthy side of ourselves. And then helped us understand how, as a couple, how we relate and where some of those tensions and frictions are. And you're right, it's been 17 years of marriage and there's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of roller coasters being married to an eight as a three. <laughs> well, just want to make sure we say that we do love Jesus. We are worshipers of Jesus, not just of the Enneagram or, <laughs> or the church, the free Methodist church. Now we, we, I mean, the whole journey for us started with, you know, a love for Jesus and serving the poor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being available for ministry, um, you know, for, for the both of us started in different places, but we, you know, the, the, we, we kind of like the roads crossed together when we were at Trinity Life Center in, in Seattle and, uh, you know, God sparked something in, in each of us. And yeah, eights and threes are very dynamic. So yeah, we could always change happily married to dynamically married. Yeah, I like it's that. Like, it's <laughs> like dynamite and, and sparkles <laughs> and fireworks, like good ones and bad ones, you know. Um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so there's there's quite a mix in there and then you have the cultural mixes of mm-hmm. like being hispanic and korean you know and america being raised in america being raised in canada and then trying to do family and ministry together you know yeah it, it creates a lot of uh interesting dynamics and, and journeys and, and conversations <laughs> here's my first question when did you learn the enneagram how did you discover that suji you were three and joe you were an eight <laughs> so ahead, uh, yeah during our our time in washington we were at a church um called wenatchee free methodist church and joe uh, was going through a um spiritual formation academy 
Um, no, actually back up even before that, yeah, uh, during yeah, our yeah. time in Seattle, one of my spiritual directors, Rita Newsley, who I love, Rita is like a spiritual grandma. Um, she introduced me to the Enneagram and she mentored me and was my spiritual director for a long time. So that was my first oh, introduction wow. to the Enneagram. I can't remember, Joe, was yours also through the Academy? Oh yeah, so like later on, Rita started and uh, Morris Dirk started this uh, soul formation based mm -hmm. out of Oregon and it was a spiritual direction um, academy. And so she invited both Suji and I to join that, but I, I did it. And uh, in there is where um, the Enneagram was presented. And it was like a, um, it was like being able to look in the mirror for the first time mm -hmm. and recognize myself. Because wow. up until that point, I felt really schizophrenic about who I was because you had Myers-Briggs, you had all these other, you know, um, things, leadership things that you do and, and they're telling you who you are, but you, you just can't, I couldn't relate with any of them until the eight came out like, oh, you know, challenger. And, and they read all of these things um, that was like, oh, snaps, that's that's me the good the bad the ugly about yeah. it you know yeah um I want to say that when we first started our um I think when, when we first started our uh, ordination process when we did our psychological evaluation um I think the psychologist even had called out that I was a rebellious um and all this thing I think she was looking at the end of that I think brain. She, Joe goes I think brain yeah, I'm against the grain. And that was like their warning to the conference, you know, like, you know, be careful with this guy. Um, but it was kind of the, the interesting part was like, I think she was using the Enneagram because of some of the language she was using, but we didn't know it then. This was like yeah. what, um, at the early stages of us being a part of the Free Methodist. But, um, but yeah, for me, it was then and, and there's where I really discovered like, oh, how God has really wired me in life because up to that point I was either the a-hole or a really good um fighter right because I can yeah. fight <laughs> so. yeah I think for Joe for the first time it let him know that the way he was wired was good that it was okay yeah before yeah. then I I think it was hard for him to really um you know, you know, eights are very angry. That's the, the dominant expression. It was hard for him to go below that surface level. And for me, when he started his journey with Enneagram, it was like for the first time, all the things I'd been saying as a married wife to him, somebody else was saying it and he was listening and it was, it was healthy. And so it was like a light bulb moment, not only for him, but also for me to feel like now we have a tool that we can talk about some of these things without it feeling like it's not, it's not a personal attack. It's not, right. you know, me not being loving. Um, and then of course me and my threeness, I just like, you know, started devouring, you know, books and podcasts and other things to figure out, you know, how to really leverage that tool to help us. I um, love that you guys have so much language around this for yourselves. Um, I, and of course, Megan and I have a really strong opinion about the question I'm about to ask you, but because you're also pastors and you've used this personally, but you're, you're in leadership as well in the church. I have often hear people say things like, 
uh, why is the church spending so much time with this thing, this tool? You know, even, uh, now some people may go so far to say like that's satanic, it has evil origins, stay away from it. But some people just don't think that it should be something we spend so much time on. Why, why are we doing this? Why is the church involved in this? So I'd love your response on that. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's interesting that um, one, one thing I love about the Enneagram is that there's definitely a lot of biblical principles in it, right? Though it may not have been developed uh, from the Bible, and I get it, I, I totally have heard all those arguments from people that want to stay away from it and don't want to have anything um, to do it. And I really respect their their opinions for doing that. They're probably all the sixes, right? Those ones that want to stay away from it. <laughs> um, no comment. <laughs> just kidding sixes. Um, but it's definitely for us, it's been something that's been healthy. And for somebody else, it's going to be a different tool. I know a lot of people that Myers-Briggs like is the thing that they really get. And it's been super helpful for them or disc or some of these, these other things. And, and yeah, for us, it's really Enneagram has been one of those ones that has just helped us in our personal walk, in our marriage, helped us understand the dynamic we create together in ministry and how incredibly overwhelming uh, and, and direct that can feel for people. And then adding our culture on top of that, um, it's kind of a spicy combo and it's helped us really like kind of figure out how to navigate um, conflict and tension and communication in in ways that I feel like we didn't really know how to do that with some of the other tools that we mentioned. Yeah, that's good. Um, for me to be able to discover myself and God um, was really the best part about it, like being able to get closer to God versus staying like further away from God. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a, a tool for my leadership, for my family, um, to be the better, not even better, just to be who God has called me to be without yeah. losing a part of myself. Cause you know, you're told like, um, you know, we lose our uniqueness when we try to fit into everybody else's box. So, you know, an eight doesn't fit into, um, um, you know, doesn't really fit into the, 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 the normal box of church leadership, you know, or, yeah. you know, you fit more in executive roles versus like, you know, these other things, but you're a bulldozer. Uh, you run people over, you're not very compassionate, you know, so like you can, you know, be a cop or be something else, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, um, you know, one of those things that, that I really think that the Enneagram really helped us with is it, at least for me, helping myself discover like what, what, how can I use, I've been told myself like, you know, in, whether in the Hispanic church or in, in the Anglo church, like you're just too much or like you got to let your hair grow um, cut your goatee, wear different style glasses, you know, put a suit and tie on all these different things. And, and, and you almost kind of lose the image of God, how God has really crafted you and, and made you to be in the world. And, and, you know, obviously God wants to use me to reach, um, people on the margins, um, mm -hmm. and business people and other people, you know, but not, not necessarily, I'm going to reach all and every type of person, you know, mm -hmm. and God, that's why we have a lot of unique personalities. So. Yeah, I think it definitely speaks to diversity of his character that we're not all cookie cutter, you know. So you've both mentioned uh, that you are strong leaders and direct, and I think Suji used the word spicy. And I'm just wondering, um, for two numbers in the aggressive stance who both have like really natural leadership capabilities, how does that play out uh, like before you knew the Enneagram and after you knew the Enneagram both at work and at home, really? Yeah. 
Great question. I think before we um, were introduced to the Enneagram, I would say, you know, before, before then, I would say when we had conflict and we, when we had, um, you know, things that we were trying to work through, it was, I would say maybe we were not as aggressive then in the early stage of our marriage. Also, I think it was early on in our marriage, right? And so you're still figuring a lot of things out. But um, I do remember like there was a point where I think Joe was, you know, we had our first baby and Joe was working nights and we were both doing ministry and it was just a really stressful time. And I just remember thinking like, boy, you are unhealthy. Like I had told him, you know, you are being a straight up a-hole. Quit that job. He was working at UPS nights. I was like, quit that job. Um, he was doing it so that we could get some health benefits. I was like, I don't care about the health benefits. Like you are not doing well. And so I want to say there was like some ideas and, and some language around what, what we knew, but we didn't really understand how to get past some of those things. Right. So I feel like when we, um, you know, we're introduced to the Enneagram, especially when Joe grabbed onto it and then we can understand more of how they relate to each other, the threes and eights, it just made more sense. It was like they had written our story in a book, you know, <laughs> really, wow, like that's me and that's you and that's us. Yeah. Um, and so just understanding more of that and kind of having some better language and framework around it helped us be like, oh, okay, this is normal. Like what we're experiencing is normal. But I would say also, because we had more language around it, a lot of, you know, me being a three, you kind of use that. You want to make sure you don't use it as a weapon, right? The Enneagram, you know, and we kind of have done that to each other, which is not good. Um, but yeah, just kind of like pointing out those things we know about each other's number that when it comes out, you're like, oh, you're just being a really unhealthy ape right now. Um, and so I feel like at the same time, it's given us better language to like help communicate what's going on but then we also want to make sure that we're not um you know kind of typecasting each other and uh, continuing to you know make assumptions that might not even even be true but i would definitely say the spice level <laughs> of our of our conflict style it's definitely gotten more overt I would say, as we've been married more, as we've uh, been in ministry more. So we've just learned that it's, we just want to get it all out. Like we just want to be direct with each other and get it out. And then of course, as three, I want to like, I'm trying to make things better by getting it out. But of course, in the process, it can be hurtful and messy um, and all of those things. So that's where we have to be careful because we both, we are both like bombs that, that are wanting to go off, you know, in those moments, in the heat of the moment when, you know, you're just upset about something. Yeah, I think part for part, as for me as an eight, like it's just hard to identify what really am I angry about, you know, like, obviously, you know, like disappointing Suji is a, is a big deal, or um, especially my loved ones, the kids, and um, so I can get angry with myself, but I can get angry, you know, with them too at the same time, and so, you know, I have to, I have to like navigate through my conflict, because yeah. I'm not exactly sure what I'm conflict about, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm conflicted about, like anything can piss me off, anything can set me off especially when I'm unhealthy and not connecting to God or connecting to my family in healthy ways so yeah. then I can really become the real true a-hole that 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 you know they've known and discovered you know through my unhealthiness and like Suji was saying like up until you know we had our first son I didn't like I didn't know how stressed like we didn't know stress 
until then. Yeah. And, you know, having to work, like I was working part-time at the church and then part-time at UPS, but it was like almost working full-time. You guys know ministries like you're like full-time. Yeah. And then like, I'd like slept three hours. I had like acid reflux in the first time in my life, sleep deprivation. And it was like hard to connect as a family because we were trying to take care of this one precious little baby. Um, and he was crying all the time because he did not like me. Well, he, he wanted, he needed baby. He needed mom. He needed milk. Yeah. And so, you know, so it was just kind of stressful for whenever I had him or, and so, yeah, it just like anything would set me off and, and, you know, it was starting to impact our family. It's starting to impact the ministry. And so, yeah, it was kind of like, you know what, it's time we have to shift. And it was like, we need to let go of some stress. And so that's part of the job, you know? So, yeah, it just, it kind of leads to a lot of, um, I think even now we we're, we can discover like, um, you know, I have to tell Suji, yeah, I feel anxious or I feel, you know, um, tired um, because those are emotions of mine. Those are like, can, can really lead to unhealthiness in, in, yeah. in my life. So at least bringing her into the awareness where I'm at is, is a good thing. I, I, I still, at times, still don't know how to deal with it. Well, as an aide, it would make sense that admitting some of those vulnerabilities would have been difficult yeah. for you. So knowing that about yourself, you know, oh, if I admit this earlier, I don't go down this whole path where then anger is the only option. You know, yeah. I can say what I need and this is safe to do this here. And I, that, that's why I love this tool. It is. It's more than just your behaviors. It's like getting to those fears and motivations because no one wants to live angry, right? Yeah that's not what we're what we want to do but if that feels like the only option because the other ones are too scary then sometimes that's where we land um, yeah the feelings wheel has been super helpful too because um you know just because anger is the dominant emotion that's translated it's not the actual emotion that yeah. is being experienced so that's been a really great tool too and it is interesting because we will ask each other like how are you doing what are you feeling instead of assuming. I think the assuming is where, you know, a lot of times things um, tend to erupt because, you know, one partner assumes the other partner is mad at them or, you know, angry or, or unhappy. And um, I've said to Joe before, like, don't assume that the way that I'm, you know, responding is, is because of you. Yeah. Um, you know, ask me what, what I'm dealing with, what's going on. Um, not everything is because of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard for some of us to remember. <laughs> but it is, it is about. <laughs> because of me, I will let you know, you will know. <laughs> we are really big on the language of emotional granularity, you know, like really diving, like you, you're both expressive people, I think naturally as a three and an eight. And so if that comes out as anger or it comes out as um, stress or you know whatever that dominate, dominating expression would be, I think it's good to have the language to really drill down on what is driving that though. What is the real feeling behind it? And as two aggressive numbers, going into those feelings that tend to slow you down from whatever goal you're trying to accomplish isn't easy, right? You have your eyes set forward and we're going to accomplish this. And if I'm feeling something, we're, we'll deal with that later. So how do you make yourself kind of slow down when you need to address what's really going on? Yeah, great question. I try to schedule it in my calendar for Tuesdays from 9 p.m. to 9.02. That's my feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you have two minutes a week for your feeling window. I love it. 
that's enough time for me. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. You really have to take time to be introspective. And I think, um, you know, one of the great things about spending more time with spiritual disciplines has been that right to really not continue to be busy. For me, that's the big thing is I want to achieve and and do and um, be a workaholic. And I have to make sure that I'm in touch with what uh, I'm sensing and I'm feeling and, and those things that are broken in me and those things that are uh, lamenting and grieving um, in me. So I schedule that time two minutes a week. Um, but, you know, it really, as the more that we do that, I really believe the only way um, that we can have a healthy marriage and have a healthy ministry and have a healthy family is, of course, to make sure that you're healthy. You've got to be healthy first. And so that part um, is, is huge. And I think that for my journey of health, when I first started this journey with Enneagram, because um, the achiever is the performer, right? Mm -hmm. um, the image-driven person. And I remember thinking, oh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a healthy three, like, you know, if I was an unhealthy three, I'd be like this. So I'd be comparing myself to other threes um, and realizing, no, like, it's not about comparing with others. It's about like looking at where you're at and recognizing that, no, there's, there's a lot in there um, that God wants to break through. There's unhealth, there's restoration uh, there, you know, there's a lot, there might be strongholds, there might be uh, negativity. And so just figuring those things out. And, and for me, the biggest thing is I want to, you know, I want to look good in front of people and I have to make sure that's not my driving factor. That's not the only reason that the outside, the public yeah. might look great, but I got to make sure the inside is also doing really well. I think that is the key for why this is a tool for spiritual formation, um, because we spend a lot of time as Christians kind of focused outwardly, not meaningly, not meaning to, but it just is the byproduct of sometimes the culture we live in. Um, but uh, the knowing what inside still needs to be attended to, you know, that's where Jesus gets invited into that. And it's so precious. So I appreciate that perspective. For, for me, I'm, I'm, uh, I hate silence and solitude but it's kind of the spiritual practice that you need as an eight. Um, so I'm still struggling with that one after, you know, 10 years of trying to work on it. Um, yeah, though, the, for me, it's more um, connection. Um, like I have a, a, a friend that I connect with every Tuesday, mm. uh, early morning, and uh, we kind From of- From 6 a.m. to 6.02? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We kind of walk through the, um, actually, I spend a lot more time because I got a lot more heavy, heavy, <laughs> heaviness to, to handle. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm less methodical, so I have to like journey through, um, through the mess yeah. in, in order to see what's going on. So yeah, I have a friend that we, we both walk with each other. And so that's very helpful as far as like gauging emotions and understanding and, and you know, and, and I have a coach that I try to cook. Um, that that I connect with um, once a month that that tries to help me walk through some of the things because there's certain the reality is that there's certain things that Suji can't help me with because if she really does try to help me with she's just going to drive me crazy <laughs> right because I'm not methodical I'm not thoughtful I'm not um, intentional you mm. know I'm I'm kind of accidental intention so like you know I want to go there but maybe I want to go over the wall maybe I want to go uh, around the wall. Maybe I want to go through the wall. Maybe I want to go underneath the wall, right? I haven't figured it out until I get to the wall. 
<laughs> and and I think that's like, you know, it's helpful to have other people in your life to be able oh, to yeah. do that um, because you can't do it just with your spouse all the time. Because like, again, like I'm saying, like, Suji can drive me crazy and we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go at it, you know, because like, I'll be like, no, that's not the way I want to do it. And she's like, yes. Like, <laughs> it's funny because like, we, we, we go to the gym. I get calluses on my hands and I'm always trying to shave the calluses off. And Suji's like, oh, you should just wear gloves. Don't they have gloves? No, she'll say, don't they have gloves for that? You know, say like it's and it got it's a healthy way of saying it. I know they have gloves. It's the indirect. Like I don't deal with indirect very well, right? But I bought a shaver to shave my my hand, you know, to shave the calluses off my hand. She's like, well, you know, don't they sell gloves for that? And I'm like, well, are you trying to help me? Like, are you saying I should wear gloves? Like, are you saying like, cause for me, it's like, there's a lot of wonder there. Like either you're pissed that I'm not wearing gloves or you're pissed that I bought the shaver or that, you know, like the, to shave my calluses, or you're just being careful and saying, Hey, you should wear gloves. You know? Yeah. So like, for me, it's there, there's that indirectness. So like, it's not helpful, <laughs> you know, sometimes the, yeah, we've learned to be very direct and just cut out the guessing game. But I think then we have to learn how to not be so direct with others because that can feel very threatening or vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's all cultural too, right? Like there's a culture of being direct and indirect. And in some families, um, it's like impolite to be direct. Like you're supposed to be nice. In some yeah. circles, you never say no. And um, we're just not used to that because that's just not how we're wired. And that's not how we relate to one another. Um, Yeah, the whole thing with the gloves, you know, that's a a great example of, you know, even if Joe was planning on buying gloves, the moment I say the word gloves, I guarantee you, he's like, nope, I don't need gloves. Why do I need gloves? And it is, it's it's, it's so funny to just like, you know, think about that. I can almost do reverse psychology sometimes. Not that I would do that on my husband, even though I can be very covertly controlling and using, um, you know, inception to try to get people to do what I think they should do. But, um, you know, just realize, even if I were to say something, then, you know, being a challenger, he's going to be like, nope, I don't need that. I don't want that. That's not how I'm going to do it. He just likes to figure it out his way. Yeah. At the cost of others sometimes. (laughs) that's what's great though is you know that about yourselves for both of you being direct and everything so it's that's what why the Enneagram is not a box that you're boxed into because you know this about yourselves you can make some other choices now you can be like okay so my first inclination is this but for the sake of this other person that I'm in relationship with or pastoring or leading you know I can do this differently to love them and that's so cool that's that really is what is helpful but you know in your relationship what works for you What does that look like in parenting? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've made a lot of parenting mistakes. I mean, who doesn't, right? Right. We we both all have our edges and and limits and, and, you know, the buttons that the kids can push. But I've, I mean, early on, I have really been quick. You know, I'm quick with anger, but I'm also quick with apology. Like, hey. Mm -hmm. I, I lost it. That was not a good dad moment. Um, mm. Forgive me. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I messed up. Mm-hmm. And, and that was not good on you. Mm. And it's not good on me. And, and so I always try to go back and say, my behavior was not correct. And, and, my, and my attitude and my words were not correct. 
Um, and both our kids are different, have different sensitivity levels. Like I can look at my daughter and she'll cry, yeah. right? And you can talk, my son and I, we can argue, but it's the moment that I tell him that I didn't like something, he'll, he'll be a wreck, mm. you know? It, it, and so, you know, we, we, like for me, I have to approach both of them different. And then there's those moments where like Suji's the Asian tiger mom. And I'm like, I have to be the compassionate one. Like, you know what? B's okay, guys. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, was... I graduated with a D average. So, you know, I think a B's great. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that, that being an Asian three. Oh, man. I, I mean, yeah, that's and I once again, I'm, I'm like, I'm a relaxed Asian tiger mom. I'm not like those other Asian tiger moms. <laughs> My kids come home with bees sometimes and I don't flip out. I look at them really mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is like with me, I do. I am aware of my threeness now in my parenting. And I am aware like, you know, that is really not, not going to be helpful. Even though you're trying to be helpful, it's not going to be helpful. And it does come out definitely in grades. <laughs> you can see that coming out. Um, and both of our, our kids are, are incredible students. They're both brilliant. Um, and they don't have problems in school, but there is that part of me that it's both from my culture and also from my Enneagram personality type that I'm like, remember, a B is an Asian F, so you don't want to get a B. <laughs> I have to make sure that I'm not, you know, shaming them for the work, the hard work that they're doing. Um, and then it, it comes out in other ways as well. I think that um, there's a lot of times that I kind of go toe to toe with my son because we mentioned our daughter. We're not we're not sure what her type is. We think our son is a one, but um, our son is the oldest one, and he's he's learned how to hold his own with us and with other people. Oh, yeah. And he definitely um, it's just interesting to see when he holds his own ground. And he's been that way since he was little. He's 15 oh, yeah. now. But ever since he was little, he's learned how to do that. So he's also going to be a very dynamic, assertive oh, yeah. um, leader type. And then, yeah, with our daughter, it changes. It's so different from child to child, how your parenting style uh, yeah. changes so drastically. Um, and our son sees that too. And, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, he sometimes probably feels like we treat her different. And it is, we do, we treat her very differently because she's so different from him. Um, but it was funny because one time our, so our daughter does not like to talk. I swear, if she didn't get good grades in school, I would think she was somewhere on the spectrum because she doesn't like to eat. She doesn't like to talk. She likes to watch the same shows over and over again. Um, there's just things about her um, kind of introvert style that I'm like, wow, like you're really done. When she comes, you know, gets in the car at the end of the school day, she's done. She doesn't want to talk to you. She does not want to talk about her day. Um, and there was one time that Joe was trying to get her to talk and to, you know, answer some of his questions. And he was just, you know, being a good dad, asking about her day and she would not say anything. She would not. And then he finally got really awesome. upset in the car. I think all four of us were in there. He was like, you know, that's really disrespectful. I'm your dad. If I ask you something, you should talk to me. And he was trying to like, just get her to break. And I was like, honey, calm down. Like, you're not going to break her. As a matter of fact, right now, I think she's breaking you because he was just <laughs> asking, he was on this monologue rant, driving the car, just monologuing. I was like, I don't think this is working. I think everybody just needs to take a break. And so it's funny when they when they hold their ground too with us, and you're like, huh, okay, you're you're good. You're you're not gonna budge. So that's fine, you know. And their personalities come out that way. 
I think we've, we've allowed our kids to be who they are um, because we, we allow ourselves to be who we are, I guess. But, uh, you know, I think, I think it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a very challenging dynamic because, you know, like um, I can be too much for them at times. And so I can be the annoying one. Um, I'm also tough too. Like, you know, obviously you have Suji who, I mean, we, we're both like different emotionally, like, you know, like my, um, you know, I was, I can respond gentle and, and loving and compassionate. And then I can also respond really hard and direct and, and, and incompassionate, not, not as compassionate. Right. Uh, and, and, and I hold, um, honor and honest uh, honor i would say honor and respect at a higher level with our kids than, than maybe even suji like there are times i'll tell the kids the, the joaquin will say something to, to to suji and i'll be like hey you can watch what you say to your mom you know you don't talk to your mom that way you know and, and he'll look and, and it checks him and it's like um but i i do that like i call those things out you know yeah. um but i also go to my daughter and i'll be like you want to fight and she, she'll she'll like yeah bro you want to fight and then she'll play with me that way like she has that kind of she would be I can't do that with my son because he'll actually punch me <laughs> so I have to be careful with him but you know she's like I'm like girl I want to toughen you up I want to build you a strong foundation I want you to be a strong woman you know I don't want you to be uh, uh you know passive you know I want you to be courageous and, and loving and, and I'm going to teach you that you know so I was you know, we joke around and, 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 you know, we have a different kind of relationship than my son and I have, uh, where my son is like, he'll talk to me, um, day and night, you know, he'll, he'll like, we'll go for a two hour walk. The dude from the time we left the car to the time we get back to the car, he's caught then we're driving home. He's still telling me about a book he read, you know, so I don't have to read the book anymore. So thank you. Um, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, bro, you, I'll have to, I'll point it out to him. I was like, you know, you spent the last two hours talking. I don't think I said uh, like 10 words. And he'd be like, oh yeah, you're right, dad. And then he'll go talking some more, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that, okay. he's just unique that way, you know? Um, yeah. So you guys have both touched on this a little bit, but talk a little bit more about bringing four different cultures into your family and what that is like for the two of you, for your church, maybe to see that. And even for your kids as they straddle all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, it's an interesting intersection of so many different dynamics and we really, you know, we know God is the one that orchestrated it all. Um, you know, it's, it's very, I, I think our personalities, you know, one great example would be like when we play a family board game, <laughs> um, definitely see the different, you know, the differences come out during the board game. You know, I'm the one that's competitive and wants to win the game, even if it's against a child, a young child, I'm still going to like beat you. Um, you know, Joe, Joe's the one that's having fun. He only wants to play the fun games. He does not like monopoly. No hard pass, but there's, if it's a fun game, he'll do it. If it's not, you know, he, he doesn't want to do it. I'm not um, very competitive, but I like to have fun. Like, like I like making people angry or like I'll work the system where like I'm a win and you're not going to win, but then I'll let somebody else win. <laughs> yeah. Joe is all about psychological warfare, right? Making alliances and like doing all of this other stuff. And he's playing his own game. He's not even playing the game. Um, and then our daughter does not like conflict. So she, she is one of those that, um, 
you know, if we play sorry, she won't sorry you. She will not sorry you. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like you could have won right now, but she doesn't want conflict. She doesn't want to disappoint people. She just, you know, wants to get along. Everybody wants to get along. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our son is an interesting one. He really, he is that perfectionist type. Mm-hmm. You know, for him, it's all about beating himself, I think, like oh, playing man. the perfect game. It's he gets more upset about a mistake that he makes. Mm. Um, and so that's that's been interesting. And the times that he and I have played chess, that really comes out uh, it, for him. He will stop the game. He won't let it get all the way to the point where I'm beating him. He'll already know if he thinks that I'm going to beat him, he'll just be done. Like, why'd you give up? Why'd you give up so soon? It's like he won't play the game unless he can play a perfect game. Dude, we just barely started. And so, you know, those are just some of the ways that we've noticed um, our dynamic. Then you add the culture piece to it. And that piece is so, um, you know, interesting to to think about. You know, the Korean, traditional Korean culture, it's very, uh, the traditional style is very submissive. The woman is supposed to be uh, quiet. The woman is supposed to be, uh, all of all of these things, and I'm just not that. I, I was, you know, not raised in Korea, um, and so you know, there's a piece of that culture that I still have in the back of my mind from from my parents and how they raised me. Um, but you know, we're, I'm bringing some pieces of my culture in, but not every piece. And same for Joe with uh, the Mexican American culture. He brings um, a lot of pieces in that he could speak to, but not every piece, not every tradition. So it's, it really is a hybrid. There's cer- yeah. certain things that we value and, and carry on. And there's other things and traditions that we're like, no, that doesn't make sense. We're not going to do that with our kids. Yeah. Like, well, we'll like our daughter, you know, we, we asked, you know, I've asked, you know, do you want to do a quinceanera? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. She look at what it looks like. I mean, I've done, you know, I've been a part of quinceaneras, you know, but you don't have to do it the way it's been done, you know, but we love to celebrate you as a 15 year old girl, you know, in the culture, it's significant, you know, um, our son is now starting to learn Spanish, but through school, they, like they didn't want to learn Spanish through me. I think for them, it was too, they don't see me that way. I think that's a part of what, you know, we, we come to have to understand is that they don't see me as a, as a Mexican American. They see me as their dad, you know, they see their Mexican grandma and then they see their Korean grandma. Right. And, and both of them, they love both of them, but both of those cultures for them are, are related around Spanish, Korean language, but also food. Mm. Right. It's not so much culture. It's not so much like, Oh, we celebrate Christmas this way. or We celebrate this this way um and for them like you know I, like they don't realize that uh, oh, somebody's calling um jesus is calling um the uh he's telling us to get off the phone now but uh the like january 6th is is a mexican tradition of celebrating the the king the wise men you know and and that's my birthday but they don't know that they 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 kind of know it but they don't know it and even then like i grew up not celebrating that i grew up celebrating my birthday on that day um so there's a lot to to trying to it, it like get together i think our biggest cultural bonding is over food oh. um you know, like they, they like certain foods that my mom makes. They like certain foods that, that um, Suji's mom makes. And, and then they like the regular traditional hamburgers and, and hot dogs. And then they, they like our mix of, 
Korean, Asian, and and Mexican Hispanic foods. You know, and mm-hmm. you know we don't have one one type of food we eat. Um, they hear us speak our languages. You know, they hear me speaking Spanish to my mom and to other people in our congregation. Um, but you know, for you know, one, one of the things I'm learning more and more is that you know, be been entrenched in the church world for a long time. Um, and, and then even being a part of predominantly Anglo uh, and English speaking um, 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 people and, and pastors and ministries that most people, um, you know, still, still assume that my name is Jose, you know, it, it's not, it's Joe. And yeah. then the other part is like, I, like, I, I can say my name. I can say my daughter's name. I can say my son's name, you know, my, my last name, Alvarez. Um, but people are like, what is that? Alvarez. And they're like, oh yeah, Alvarez. You know, like that, like, no, like I'll, I'll say it the correct way. You can say it the wrong way if you want, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I'll give you that grace. Um, but I think that's a part of who we are. Like, you know, we yeah. like I have to remind people, like people will be like, oh, what's your wife's name? Suji. Oh, what is that? Sue? It's like Suji, you know, like you gotta say it right. Like it's it's a it's one word, you know, two 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 syllables, but two one word, you know. And uh, but you know we, um, you know we we purposely wanted to be in California because we wanted our kids closer to to some of the roots that we have, you know, Asian American, you know, Hispanic American, um, you know, exposure to more cultures and more diversity. And, and even themselves, they're, they're not choosing their friends because of language or color. They're choosing their friends because um, they see the value in all people, um, because they see the, the mix that we bring, you know. I think something you guys are doing so well in every area of your life is celebrating how God has made you. And you it, like whether it's through your culture, through your personalities, through your gifts, like the, it's just coming through in everything you say. It's so beautiful. That's a gift that we can all learn from you because I didn't grow up in anything but just a white American, you know, little, well, Christian evangelical culture, I guess that was its own subculture, but, <laughs> but it's, it's important to learn from how you are celebrating your Enneagram type in your relationships, how you're celebrating the differences of each of your kids. You're not trying to put a box or a label on things, but you're kind of bringing it all together in such a beautiful way. So I think that's a, that's a gift for us to observe and listen and watch and learn from. Yeah. And just the way that you are both so intentional to do your own work, because you know that that's where the first step is. Like you can't solve relational conflicts. You can't even really, I mean, tap into a strong relationship with the Lord until you know how you are wired and know what he wants to come in and do in you. So I appreciate your level of intentionality and self-awareness that you're bringing to. So thank you so much for this conversation. Yes. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, this is, this has been good. I'll, I'll say this one, one story that, that, that shook me as we end. Um, um, I think my son was five years old and uh, this is kind of like where God really, um, he, I, I will say it impolitely, he bitch slapped me in a great way um, through my son because I was telling him how he felt when he was five years old. Oh, you feel this way and you're this and that. Mm. And that little boy with his big old eyes, little Asian Mexican eyes looked up at me and said, dad, you don't know how I feel. Mm. And, 
And that just made me realize a lot of things in life that God wanted to use that little boy to speak truth and to say, Joe, you don't even know how you feel. Mm-hmm. How, how can you pastor? How can you father? How can you be the light and be the salt, be mm-hmm. husband, be all these things and, and not know who you are? Mm-hmm. And, so beautiful. and uh, you know, I think that's what we, we, we often need that wake up call. And uh, sometimes it's through a five-year-old, um, sometimes through an accident, sometimes it's through, you know, sin, it's through whatever. And, and you know, I think we have to be aware of those things. And, and, you know, for God, and I say it that way, I don't think God is, is violent or, or, you know, anything. I used to say he used to beat me with a two by four, but that's the only way I'll pay attention. Yeah. You know, that, that's the only way that, that I can wake up when things are intense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not like, you know, he can come in a gentle whisper and he does. He can come with a, a soothing, comforting love and, but, and he does, but it's not until like I stub my toe, I get slapped upside the head, uh, something, you know, dynamic happens. Then I'm like, oh, this is God speaking to me, you know, yeah, yeah. Give me to do something different. So um, I don't know if that's like has to do with just my challenging ways where it's like, I won't, I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do. Um, and I don't want people telling me what to do. And that's that different like kind of relationship I have with God like please don't tell me what to do not today (laughs) but obviously he has to so and he loves you enough to come in the way that you need to hear him yeah 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 Yeah. and that's what love is you Mm -hmm. know he comes to us in that way so yeah so good thank you guys so much so much wisdom and fun I love your hearts I love your spicy spirit (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate that. And we will make sure that our listeners can find y'all uh, online and see more about the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Deidre and Megan. Thank y'all. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We are on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries. Our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org. <laughs>